today uh, we have a message that we want to share that we've titled Life on Purpose. Life on Purpose. Um, how many of you would like to live life on purpose? And not just, not just uh, whatever happens to you, but you want to live life on purpose. And one thing that we've discovered is there are one of two things that most of us are focused on in life. So in any area of your life, whether it be your career, your relationship with God, uh, your marriage, your friendships, whatever area it is, there are two things, one of two things that you're usually focused on. You're either problem-focused or you're purpose-focused. Mm -hmm. You're either focused on problems or you're focused on purpose. And a lot of times we have a tendency to be focused on our problems focused on what's not going right, focused on what we don't like, focused on complaining and things like that, rather than being purpose-focused. Yeah. And so we want to talk to you about, uh, about being purpose-focused today. And uh, we believe, the reason we want to share this with you, we believe it's so important because this is, whether or not you realize it, this is something that is a tension in your life probably every day. Yeah. When something happens to you, Something goes the right way, something goes the wrong way, something doesn't go the way that you thought it was going to, it doesn't turn out that way, you have an argument with your spouse or whatever, we, we have a choice to make in that moment, whether we realize we're making a choice or not, to be problem-focused or purpose-focused, and so we want to talk to you about that for a few moments today. Yeah, and before we get into that, I just want to take a moment to pray. God, we just thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for this day. Father, this um, opportunity to just be challenged and encouraged um, and come together. I pray, Lord, that you will just speak through us, Father, and hearts and ears and eyes will be open for you um, to just speak whatever it is you want to say today. We just love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, and just as Gabriel said, the difference in a purpose focused and a problem focused, we all have a choice in what we focus on. And we can be purpose focused where it says, yes, I have problems in my marriage and I can focus on those problems or I can focus on the fact that God put us together for a purpose. Um, I can have problems at my job and be so focused on the problems or I can focus on that God has me there for a purpose. Um, it doesn't matter what it is, the challenges with my kids or um, whatever it may be, the things that are happening in the community or there's a purpose that God wants to use and God wants to move. So I want everybody to do me a favor. I'm going to give you five seconds and I want you to look around in the room for everything. Count how many things you see that are red. In five Count red, whatever you see red. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, everybody close your eyes. Now look at me, and I want you to call out how many things you saw that were blue. <laughs> Most of the time, more than likely, no one could name a blue thing. And it's because only, the only reason why I could name the blue is because I knew what I was going to ask you for. But that's how we are a lot of times in life. We're so focused on the problems instead of the purpose that we miss. The fact that if you look around now and look for the blue, you're going to see a lot of blue. Because I mentioned it, and now you're looking for it. You know, it's kind of like when we started looking for the kind of car that we were, we were looking to buy when I was starting to look for a minivan. I started seeing the same kind of minivan everywhere because I was looking for it. And so you get focused on either your purpose or your problem. And it's not that we won't have problems, but we get to choose where we focus. And what we end up saying, what is the purpose? Yes, 
I don't see, I see a financial issue, but what's the purpose? God wants to provide and God wants to show up. There's always a purpose and we get to choose where we focus. So in Proverbs 16.3, we're going to share two different scriptures with you. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit everything, commit to the Lord everything you do, then your plans will succeed. That's so good. Anybody want to succeed? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know very many people that if you ask them, do you want to succeed? No, I just want to fail. <laughs> I just love to fail. I love for things to go wrong. <laughs> but I love that the, the Bible and, and in this proverb, this one little verse, it's almost like it gives us the secret to success. Yeah. If you want to succeed, commit everything that you do to the Lord. Yeah. So in everything that you do, do it to the best of your ability, commit it to the Lord, allow him to guide you and lead you, and then it says your plans will succeed. Now another verse that, that I love that is pretty common that maybe you've heard before is Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, and I love this translation of the verse. It says, don't live any longer the way this world lives. Let your way of thinking be completely changed. And once your way of thinking is completely changed, then this is what will happen. Then you'll be able to test what God wants for you. Yeah. And you will agree. Everybody say agree. Agree. You will agree that what he wants is right. His plan is good and pleasing and perfect. I love that translation because it, it basically says if you'll allow God to change the way that you think, if you'll be transformed by the way that you think from the inside out, then you'll be able to, you'll know what God's plan is for your life. And not only will you know it, what most of us struggle with is, is sometimes we know it, but we don't want it. Hmm. We know it, but we don't want to do that. We know it, but we don't want the work. We know it, but we're comfortable where we are. And it says that when you allow him to change your thinking, then you'll be able to test, you'll be able to know what God wants for you, and you'll agree Yeah. because you think differently. Hmm. You'll agree that is what's best for my life, and that's what I want. And Every person in here, your life, we're talking about life on purpose. Your life is telling a story. The question is, what story is your life telling? Yeah. Are you, are you problem-focused? Because when you're problem-focused, that will, that will shift the way that the, the story that your life tells. It will skew it in that way. But if you're purpose-focused, on the other hand, in the same way, it will also shape the way that your story is being told it will shape the way that people see you it will shape the things that you do what you're focused on so are you problem focused or purpose focused now we want to give you four points today and you can get these on the bible app you can always get the notes on there or uh, you can follow along on the screen with us as we talk about these maybe you want to write them down but we're talking about how do we live a life that is on purpose so if we want to shift from being problem-focused to being purpose-focused, anybody ever struggle with seeing the problems? Yeah. yeah. Anybody ever struggle with seeing the problems? If you want to be a, a person that's living a life that is on purpose and you're focused on the purpose, uh, we believe there are four things. This is not the fix-all to everything, but these four things uh, are probably going to show up in your life, and it's something that you should probably expect to do or to experience or, or to, to have to do in your life. Here's number one. If you want to live a life that's on purpose, you've got to be peculiar. You've got to be peculiar. Now, we don't like to be peculiar. Um, a lot of times, this always got me whenever I was in school, and you would see someone who dressed a certain way, and you, maybe you would ask them. I don't know if you ever did this. You would ask them, why do you dress that way? Well, I just want to be different. Well, you're not different because 75 other people are dressing that way. Yeah. 
Like, that's not really that peculiar. Like, one person started doing it, and everybody started doing it because they wanted to be different. Like, well, you're not different, <laughs> right? There's nothing, you're not different. You're just like everybody else that's dressing that way, you know? It's just a fad that everybody was, was a part of. But I think that a marriage, a friendship, a career, or a relationship, or you fill in the blank that is on purpose, is one that is called out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily going to look like everybody else. Yeah. Your life that, that is being lived on purpose is not necessarily going to look like all of the other people's lives that you like to compare yourself to yeah. to determine whether or not you're normal. Um, I, I, would, I would venture to say that we need to be peculiar and not normal. Yeah. Because I don't think normal always works. Uh, when, we're, when we want, just want to be normal, we'll just go with what anybody says. We'll just be like everybody else. We don't want to, you know, we won't step out and pray for somebody. We won't step out and do that because we don't want, we're worried about what people are going to think about us. But I think that if we're going to live a life that's on purpose, we have to be peculiar. Yeah. And I was thinking uh, as we were preparing this message to share with you uh, some examples of what maybe a life that is peculiar that's being lived on purpose might look like. And when others aren't spending intentional time together, a marriage that's on purpose has a regular date night. So when other people are complaining about their marriage, when other people around you might be uh, talking negatively about their marriage, might be talking about how they're not connected or whatever, a marriage that's on purpose won't be focused on the problem. They'll be focused on being intentional to have a date night so that we can connect, right? Or maybe it's, Uh, When others are looking for shortcuts to get ahead at work, a career on purpose works hard and trusts God. And so when you want the promotion, you want the new job, you want the pay raise, you want those things, when other people are trying to, and it's a tendency that we all probably have, are trying to find the shortcut, trying to figure out how we can get there quicker, a career or a job or somebody that's living their life on purpose will work hard at what God's put them to, to do and they'll trust God. Yeah. They'll work hard and they'll trust God. Not look for the shortcut, not always look for the way out, but I'm going to work hard and I'm going to trust God. Or when others aren't discussing their feelings. Anybody struggle with discussing your feelings? Mm-hmm. A relationship on purpose sets aside time to talk about how they're feeling. Yeah. And I'll be the first one to tell you this is not my strong suit. Um, I'm usually a pretty quiet person and pretty reserved. And um, this is a challenge for me. But a life that's on purpose... Uh, is going to be sorting through those things and discussing and, and figuring out how you're feeling. Or when others are struggling with priorities, a life on purpose is being intentional to keep God number one. Mm-hmm. See, here's what we do a lot of times, I think, in life, and, and then we get frustrated at God because of it, but really it's a choice that we're making, is we try to add God to our schedule. Yeah. We try to add God to whatever it is that we're doing. And so I have all of this and this and this, and I need to do that, and i got to do this, and got to get here, and, and we're trying to, to make this money, and we're trying to, you know, make the business better and all these different things, and we're trying to add. And so what that looks like in our lives a lot of times is if there's time left, then I'll spend time with God. If I have time, I'll read my Bible. Yeah. If it works out, I'll get in a group. If I don't have too much going on, I'll serve. If, and, and a lot of times we're adding, we're trying to add God. Let's see if God fits in somewhere into my schedule. When I think the way that God desires for it to be 
is for him to be the center yeah. of everything and be number one, and then everything else is around that. And so I may want to go take part in that hobby, but I'm not going to give up my relationship with God or my time with God or my what God has called me to do for that. Right. Because God's number one. And when he's number one, the Bible says that when you seek him first and his righteousness, then everything else that you need is added. That's right. So when we're worried and we're stressed and we're trying to seek out everything that we think we need, God says, if you'll just put me in the, in the right place, if you'll put me at number one in your life, then all the other stuff will be added to you. Mm-hmm. All the stuff that you need in your life will be added to you. So we've got to get God in the right place. And if you're living a life on purpose, there's a good chance that it's going to look peculiar in comparison to how everyone else is living their lives. So the question is, does your life look out of the ordinary? Does my life look out of the ordinary? Um, a, a, just some practical things that maybe the peculiar thing is when all your coworkers are showing up five minutes late instead of joining that, showing up five minutes early to your job. Because you know that there's a purpose why God has you there. And you're going to be intentional in being peculiar. Maybe the peculiar thing, unfortunately, nowadays, the peculiar thing is to spend daily time in the Word. You know, something that I had a thought about this last week is, you know, we had a lot of sickness shuffling around in the house. And he was down on his back. And it was it was easy to go, well, I'm tired. And we may stay up late and watch our show, but negate our time with the Lord in the morning because we're tired rather than going to bed a little bit early and skipping the show and still getting up to spend time with the Lord. And I'm not saying there does not have to be a certain time in the morning. Um, it's just the time that we choose because it just, if we don't, then it tends to not happen in our day. But it's finding that time and not letting other things shove it away, choosing that that God is number one. Maybe the pure peculiar thing is to spend intentional time together as a family. Um, we challenged the team leaders this last uh, week that we we live in a culture where it's just busy, 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 busy. And so we say when someone says, how's life? We tend to answer busy because it's like the right answer because life just should be busy. But um, we had a pastor that speaks into our life and he challenged us with the thought that we're not called to be busy, we're called to be effective. And if we're effective, then we're managing our time. But if we're just busy, our time is managing us. And so as believers, I'm challenging you with you with that thought as well. Tomorrow when, the, when you come to feel, well, or you say, I'm busy, no. Am I being busy or am I being effective? I want to be effective in my life, not just busy. The reality is we can't get out of the ordinary results without out of the ordinary patterns. And it's just looking at the patterns of our life. What is it that's helping me produce out of the ordinary type of person, out of the ordinary fruit in my life? Um, it, we've, got, we've got to take the time to, to be peculiar. Maybe the peculiar thing is to pray together with your spouse. Gabriel and I, we've been married for just 12 years in April. And this last year, um, the counselor that we're in counseling with, she challenged us to daily pray together. Um, and we had done it some before, but not on a consistent basis. And I can truly say it's one of the best habits we have as a, as, as a married couple uh, because it positions our hearts. You can't go to bed 
mad when we've taken the time to pray together. Um, it just, they're not like long prayers, but just something short that we both take the time to pray together right before we go to sleep. Um, or it could be that you, first thing when you wake up, taking the time to pray together. It's something peculiar, but it produces something else. It helps us both be in unity more than... Um, more than we were before, honestly. So it's something peculiar. Living a life on purpose means that my life should look peculiar in comparison to others. Number two is we delight in each other's differences. How many of you know that men and women are different? Amen. <laughs> That's a great place I'll to I'll give say a amen resounding right yes. <laughs> but not just, not just men and women. Us as women and, and men, we're all different. But a lot of times we spend our time deprecating each other's differences rather than delighting in them. And deprecating is, I looked it up in the dictionary. Um, I'm a dictionary, like, I like the definition of words because it helps us understand better. But to deprecate means to tear apart, to tear down, to pick apart, um, you name it. And a lot of times as married couples, as friends, as co-workers, we deprecate each other's differences rather than delight in them. And I heard Paul Tripp, he said this in a podcast. He said that when I stop, when I stop and I try to make his differences like mine, I'm saying that the creator did not do a good job and I'm now the creator and it's my job to recreate him. Am I the creator? Absolutely not. But I tell you, it was like a big smack in my forehead because a lot of times I find that as a married couple or maybe as with friends or just whoever, I find that sometimes I, I want to try to change the differences we have rather than delighting in them. And the creator, rather than embracing the fact that the creator made him different than me for a purpose. And our differences doesn't make one right or make one wrong. It's just we're different. And if we'll learn to delight in our differences rather than deprecate each other's differences, we'll find that strengths begin to come out. That, you know, even, it, it doesn't matter what we're doing if we're delighting in each other's differences in our friendships, in our marriages, in our churches, in our job situations, it changes things. So delighting, learning to delight in each other's differences. We have to learn to delight. That's good. Um, one thing that we've discovered in our marriage and probably in yours also is that differences uh, can cause us to clash sometimes. Anybody ever clash with your spouse or with the person you're in a relationship <laughs> with because of differences? But here's another thing that we've discovered uh, as God has, has worked through our life in this area is that we can also connect through our differences. Yeah. So it's, it's all perspective. It's all what you're focused on. If we're focused on the fact that I don't like how they're different from me, yeah. or am I focused on the fact that, hey, their differences actually complement me? Yeah. And so where I might be weak, she's strong, or where she might be weak, I'm strong, and we complement each other, and God designed it that way uh, for us not to be the same. I don't know if you've ever, uh, for those of you that are married, or maybe you're, you want to be married or whatever, but especially for those of us that are married, did you ever, when you were dating, did you ever think, well, I just want somebody like me? I just want somebody who has the same interests as me, who, who does everything like me, who eats like me, who doesn't smack like me, who rolls a toothpaste from the bottom like me, who, you know, <laughs> it's like I just want somebody who wants to do this with me and that with me. And then if you met that person, chances are it probably didn't work. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because there were two of you. Yeah. <laughs> trying to figure out how, how to get through life or how to, how to whatever. And God created us different. Yeah. I don't, I don't always like everything that she likes, and she doesn't always like everything that I like. We don't like the same type of food sometimes. I mean, we're, we're just different. And I'm different from you, and you're different from the person sitting next to you or, or, or the person that's in your family or the person that you're in a relationship with or you're friends with or whatever. We need to delight in our differences and realize that, man, God put me in this person's life and this person in my life knowing that we're different. Yeah. So that we can complement each other and that God can use our differences uh, for his glory yeah. in our relationships, in our careers, and all of those different areas. You know, one of the ways that we're different is um, he likes to watch TV at night to relax and reading actually relaxes me more. Um, and it caused a lot of frustration for us and still does sometimes, but one of the things that we began doing is part of the week we watch TV, like we may a couple of nights watch TV and then a couple of nights we just go to bed and read together. Um, you know, another way that we're different is I wake up in the morning and my brain's on and I'm talking. He wakes up in the morning and he's like, give me my hour. <laughs> don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. <laughs> or at least don't expect a response. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm not mean, but I'm just not ready to talk. That can't be questionable. <laughs> I'm just not ready to talk first thing in the morning. <laughs> but it was something that frustrated me at first because I'm like, why don't you want to have a conversation with me right there, you know? But now if I really have something on my mind that I've given him a little bit of time and then I go in there to talk to him as he's getting ready for the day, I just don't expect a response. And the reality is, how many of you know, if both of us were like that and we were both up and ready, we'd be fighting over who got to talk in the morning, you know, whose brain needs to be expelled. But it's, it's choosing. We can delight in each other's differences or we can deprecate each other about it. You know, we can, we can tear each other down about it, pick each other apart. So we got to be peculiar, delight in differences. And here's number three. Don't just run, have fun. Don't just run, have fun. Um, we have to continue to have fun together if we're married. So just talking to, to married people for a moment, um, one thing that has made a world of difference in our marriage is when we decided to start putting some fun back in. Mm -hmm. So we had gotten to the point to where we were so consumed with everything we needed to do and everything that needed to get done and making sure that we were being effective and making sure that we were being successful and all those things that a lot of times you get upset with your spouse and it's really not even your spouse that you're upset with. You just need yeah. to have fun. Yeah. You just need to have some fun. And you don't really hate your spouse. You just have not have you it's just been months or yeah. even years since the last time that you did something fun together. And so we've tried to start being more intentional to go do something together or uh making sure that we get uh, our date night every other week and that we just do something fun together because whenever we're laughing together um, we have found that we have a tendency to argue less we have a tendency to fight less we have a tendency to not nitpick at the things that aggravated us before because we're being intentional to have fun together yeah we're enjoying each other's company and even for you know those of you that are single <laughs> Um, and this could be for anybody in the room. A lot of times we're career focused, we're relationship focused, and we're trying to do everything we think we're supposed to be doing 
in life to check off all the boxes. Yeah. Right? Well, I got to do this, and I got to make sure I do this, and I got to work late because I'm trying to get the promotion. I got to do this. I got to check all this off. I got to make sure this happens. I got to make sure that, that it happens in this timing, and, and, and then we got to get married. I got a five-year plan, and so we got to figure this out, and, and we're going we're gonna to do this, and this is the type of house we want and all this, and we're trying to make sure that we're checking off all the boxes in life, and we're not enjoying the life that God gave us. Yeah. And God never intended for us to be so consumed with everything we needed to do that even if it's your calling, even if it is your purpose, God intends for you to be able to enjoy your calling and enjoy your purpose. Yeah. Not just be running, trying to, to get things done and running, trying to make sure that everything gets accomplished, but, but taking time to say, man, we need to enjoy what God had, the life that God has given us. Yeah. We need to take time to enjoy the life that God's given us. You know, I think about even just don't just run, have fun. It can be with our families. You know, something even he was talking about that with our dates, trying to be more intentional about having fun together. But even as a family, like what your family, what's fun for your family? Um, for our family, we, we really enjoy board games. And so it'll be maybe us just playing a board game for a little bit or um, getting in the kitchen and cooking something together or baking together. It doesn't have to be like some big formal thing, but even in our family, we find that when we're pausing to have fun together and laugh together, it makes a difference. Um, with your friendships, you know, you can say, well, I don't really feel connected to anyone. Are you taking the time to go have fun? Um, and I'm not talking about like... I'm, like those pleasures, those things that are fun, not sinful pleasures. I'm talking about just good fun, um, that there's, there's a purpose in that, that God, it, it helps us live life to the fullest when we're able to just pause and have fun. And I think that it's just important. It's something that we miss a lot of times out of the enjoying aspect, that we don't enjoy our life. Um, our counselor, the lady that we're in counseling with, she tells me often that I remind her of herself when she was in her 30s, and it was the fact that I take myself so seriously. And I, I struggle with wanting to be productive at all times and checking off my list at all times, but realizing that it's productive to have fun. It's productive to build relationship. And, um, and if I will look at it that way, that I need to pause and have fun, enjoy the life that God's given me, enjoy my family, enjoy my spouse, enjoy my friends, maybe a quick movie, maybe, you know, just hanging out at your house, eating popcorn, playing games or whatever, um, but pausing to have fun. We've got to pause and have fun. And I believe that there are many times that our purpose can be revealed to us in the midst of fun. We're always looking for those serious moments to be that defining, like, if I'm just focused and I'm thinking, I know for us, there's been a lot of times we'll, we'll be just in the midst of laughing and all that. And then all of a sudden he'll be like, oh my goodness, I have it. Like something he had been trying to think up for weeks. And all of a sudden in a moment, it's like we're just sitting here having fun and he's not even focused on it and it came to him. And so maybe the key for you today is you need to focus more on having fun and, and you'll find what you were looking for. Um, and the, the number four point Number four, definitely not, it's last but not least, and it's unpack your bags. Unpack your bags. Have you ever struggled with God's purpose for your life because you had baggage? And I'm not just talking about baggage from the past. I'm even talking about the baggage of this morning because you and your spouse were in a fight. I'm talking about the baggage from this last week because it was an emotional week. And 
we have got to learn to pause and unpack. Pause and unpack our bags. You know, Gabriel and I, we were talking about differences before. And him and I, when we go on trips, it doesn't matter if we're somewhere for two days or two weeks. He, will, he wants to unpack. First thing, when we get there, like, let him get everything out. And I'm like, I just want to be able to chill for a little bit, start my vacation, um, start the little and break. And I can't chill <laughs> until it's unpacked <laughs> because then I'm just thinking about how it needs to be unpacked. Yeah. So, but that's something that we do. But there's so many different ways that we choose to unpack or not unpack. And I think that a lot of times we find that, in our life, you know, I may yell at my friend or yell at my spouse or be angry and then find that really the problem's not with him at all. It was, it's in me. That it's me because I haven't paused to unpack, hey, what's going on? Like, what's the struggle here? You know, life's been happening, yes, but really pausing to get to the root of what's going on. Um, I think about like a t-shirt drawer. I used our nine-year-old as an example in the first service, but I'm going to be honest, my t-shirt drawer is a wreck. My sister, last time she was over, she organized it and made it look all nice and where I could see all the t-shirts again. And then you just go fumbling through um, and, and mess it up. You can't find what you're looking for can't figure it out when it's not sorted through. And that's the way it is with our emotions and the things that are going on inside of us. If we don't pause to unpack and sort through, hey, why am I so angry all the time? Why do I feel so frustrated? Why do I feel sad? You know, sometimes it's obvious things, but sometimes it's just something going on in us that we just need to evaluate. Um, and it may be saying it to someone that, just does the trick and you feel better because you're like, oh my goodness, that's what it was and now I feel better. Um, and sometimes it's not that simple. It's really pausing to unpack. But we've got to take the time to pause and unpack what's going on inside of us. And I said unpack your bags, not your spouse's bag or your friend's bag or whatever. We'll make a mess of it. Um, in his kindness, we'll try to put up clothes and I'm like, where are those pants that I'm looking for? You know, because he normally doesn't put up laundry. So when he does, it, I'm, I'm searching. Well, and I think that a lot of times when we try to go into someone else's life and we're like, here, let me, un let me help you unpack your bags, we end up in a garden kind of sort of way and we're pulling flowers out of them like they're weeds. And that's not what God intended. Um, it's not my job to unpack his bag. I'm not saying that I can't help him. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I could tell he was struggling, and I said, hey, what's going on? And I just encouraged him to pause and unpack. But it wasn't my job to unpack what's going on. Like, hey, you're doing this and you're that, and I think you feel this. No, that's not my job. My job is to pause and unpack me. And it's, if we all would learn to pause and unpack ourselves and, hey, what's going on? I'm real good about spewing maybe how I'm feeling to him, and it might not make any sense, but really pausing to evaluate, okay, that's what you said. I may have said to him, hey, you're doing this and this and this and this, and it's making me angry. But then when I really pause to go, what's going on, I figure out that, my struggle is actually because I just haven't slept in the last three nights and I'm just really tired. Or the struggle is with something that has nothing to do with him, but it's something going on inside of me. And if we don't ever take the time to pause and reflect and, and really unpack our own bags, we are literally basically swinging around 
and whacking people with our baggage, you know? It's like having a big backpack on our, the diaper bag I may carry around. I'm walking and I'm whacking people, not even trying to. Um, but that's what we do with our baggage. We all have it, but we get to choose whether or not we unpack it. And I think this will be helpful, but let's all participate for just a moment. And uh, look at the person next to you and tell them, say, neighbor, you have baggage. <laughs> you have baggage. <laughs> now that we have all established that nobody is exempt, we all have baggage. Uh, for some, it might be bitterness or anger, or sadness, fear. It might be a habit, past hurts, um, whatever it is for you, we all have something that we probably need to take some time, pause, and unpack it. One, one great method that someone introduced us to uh, in this arena and, and dealing with, with unpacking your bags was this idea of sharing withholds, sharing withholds. And I want to explain it to you to the best of my ability, the way it was explained to us. But it was, it was a way, basically, uh, there are things that we don't tell each other that, that we need to share. And so it, it could be, you know, in the evening, kids go to bed or morning time before leaving for work or something like that. But you basically just say, hey, do you want to share withholds? And what it is is you, you take... Take just a couple of minutes and write down three withholds. And by withhold, I mean something that I did not say to her, but I had the thought in my head. Uh, and, and the trick is you need to think of two positive withholds and one negative. Two positive and one negative, not seven negative. And if I think of something great about you, I'll share that when it comes to me. You need to think of two positive and one negative. And so, for example, a positive withhold, if, if we're going to share these and, and it's my turn, I'm going to share some withholds. It might be that when I came home from work a couple of days ago, um, I walked in and I noticed that she was unloading the dishwasher and she had folded the laundry and put the laundry up and things like that. And when I walked through, I thought, wow, that was so nice. I'm glad that she did that. But I didn't say that. So she might be thinking, well, he just doesn't appreciate anything that I do around here. He doesn't appreciate that the house is clean and that the laundry is folded and that the dishes are clean and that we actually have a bowl to eat out of. You know, he doesn't appreciate this stuff. So what I might say is, hey, one thing that I want to share with you, the other day when I came home, I noticed that you were, you had put up the laundry and you were unloading the dishwasher. And I just want to say thank you. I appreciate you doing that. I'm sharing something with her that's positive that I didn't tell her in the moment. And these need to be something that's within like the last two days, okay? Don't be digging something up from six years ago <laughs> that <laughs> you're like, you know, here's my negative withhold, you know, back in 2011 whenever you did this. But within the last couple of days, uh, something negative might be if, if she had said something to me a day or two ago and, and we're going to share withholds and I would say, you know, something like, hey, whenever you said this the other day, it bothered me the way that you said it. It hurt my feelings. I didn't say it in the moment, but... But I want to tell you now. And then the person that's receiving this, the only thing they can say is... Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. There's, there's no defending yourself. <laughs> there's, you know, it's not like, well, you know... And, 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 and then when I finish with... And then I give another positive withhold... And then, then she would go and she would share a positive and a negative. And, and I'm not positive. allowed to change my withhold. She can't change hers after Just I say mine I heard because she gets mad. Okay. <laughs> some some will be getting in our, our withholds and we'll be going, oh, okay, well, you're going to say that. Then I'm going to add this to my list. You know, you're not allowed to change Number your withholds. Number four, right here. I'm and you may say, well, that's lame. Who's going to sit in a situation and say thank you? The point is, is we're taking the time to hear each other. 
We're not trying to defend each other, not trying to get our point across. And this isn't just with a marriage. This can be with a friendship. This can be with your kids, um, anything. It's, it's taking the time to share your withholds. The speaker that we heard share this concept, and I honestly, like my mind, I was like, why have I never thought of this? Because, I mean, it's, it's really, I mean, it, it, it's going to help. We've done it a couple of times, and I'm going to be honest. It's not easy because you're like, all of me wants to defend myself in this moment um, because you also have to take 30 minutes and not speak of the situation. So he said his, his three things. I've said my three things except for thank you. Then we pause. And the reality is we're going to diffuse more than likely. We've, more than likely we've hurt each other. We may diffuse. You may not. You may be looking at your watch going, all right, it's 1228, and at 30 minutes, it's going to be on. You know, you may feel that way. I don't know. But this could be with your kids. This could be in your friendships, whatever. Taking the time to share those withholds is, is important, that we share the, the positive things that we've seen because a lot of times we get through life and we don't speak of it. You know, we don't say, hey, I appreciated how you stood up for me in that situation or thanks for complimenting me in the midst of, you know, where I was struggling or whatever. And what they were, what this individual was saying about this that we felt like was so good that we wanted to implement and, and thought it might help you too was that it eliminates a lot of arguments and a lot of yeah. uh, bitterness and a lot of thoughts and, and stuff in your relationships. Because if you're intentional every few days to stop and say, you know what, let's think of, I'm going to think of two positive things yeah. that I noticed about you within the last couple of days, and I'm going to share those with you so that you're not thinking that I don't appreciate it or that I didn't notice or whatever. I'm going to tell you. And then one thing that, that maybe the way you said it hurt me or uh, something like that is you're getting it out there. And the majority of the time, you have this 30 minutes, but the majority of the time with most of this stuff, you'll probably never come back and, and need to talk about it in 30 minutes. Yeah. Because it was enough for you to just be heard. Mm-hmm. It was enough for her that I that I mentioned two things that I had noticed over the last couple of days that I didn't tell her in the moment, but now she knows. Oh, he noticed. He appreciated it. He remembered that I did that. Uh, and then and then the one thing that maybe bothered me or hurt my feelings or or came across in the wrong way, then then it's enough, you know, for her to know. Oh, okay, that I don't I don't need to approach it that way next time. Yeah. You know, it's it's not that you're always going to come back and and hash it out after 30 minutes. That's not the goal. A lot of times it's just enough to be heard or to hear someone uh, give you a compliment and remind you that, hey, I did notice, I did appreciate this, I did see that you did that. And so that's the, the point in all of this. And I want to bring the worship team back up as we get ready to wrap this up. But the bottom line in this message today, living a life on purpose, it just all goes back to what are you focused on? Yeah. You've got to make the shift from being focused on the problems to being focused on the purpose. Mm -hmm. You've got to shift from the problem-focused life to the purpose-focused life. Yeah. And just that little shift will change everything, whether it's, it's you, you know, a person that's trying to please God with your life or in your marriage or your relationship or career. You've got to make the shift from problem-focused to purpose-focused. And here's the last thing I want to say, and then we're going to pray and, and sing one final song, is this, that when you're purpose-focused, it doesn't mean all your problems go away. 
So just because you make the shift from I'm not going to focus on my problems, I'm going to focus on the purpose, and I'm going to find the thing that God has purposed in this situation, it doesn't mean that the problems go away. It just means that your focus has shifted. Yeah. Just means that your perspective, because you've shifted your focus to the purpose, now your perspective on the problem will be different. Yeah. It doesn't take them away. So don't don't leave here today and think, well, if I just shift my focus, then I'm not going to have any problems and we're just going to get along and everything's going to be great and and all my relationships are going to work out and my career's going to be fantastic and all of a sudden I'm going to love my job and and all this stuff. It it doesn't work that way. Yeah. But it's shifting your focus so that your perspective on the other can change. So that yeah. your perspective on the problems and the things in your life that maybe you do have to deal with every day uh, that they can they can uh, they can shift in your mind. So will you stand with us today? We're getting ready to sing one final song, but I do want to do this. I want to pray about uh, just one specific prayer. And here's what I want to ask you today. If you'll bow your heads and close your eyes. The thing that, that I want to pray for, and I just want to know who I'm praying with, who we're praying for. But if you're here today, you say, you know what? I, I, want, I want that. I want to, from this day forward, I want to shift my mindset. I want to begin to think uh, purpose-focused and not problem-focused. Will you just raise your hand so we can pray for you? Hands all over the room. God, you see every hand today, Lord. You know how, uh, as humans, we struggle with seeing the problems and focusing on the problems. And today, God, you see that we want to commit to focus on the purpose. God, I pray that you'd give us a new perspective, that you would change us, as Romans 12, 2 says, change the way that we think. Change the way that we think, that we're not trying to be like everybody else, that we're going to be peculiar at times that we're going to unpack our bags when they need to be unpacked, that we're going to share things when they need to be shared, that we're going to, we're going to learn to, to enjoy the life that you've given us and not just trying to run and do all the time, but to enjoy the calling, enjoy the purpose. God, help us to shift our mindset today from problem-focused to purpose-focused. And Lord, as we sing this one final song today, with our prayer team coming down, I want to just invite you as the worship team begins to sing this final song. If you need prayer for anything in your life, anything in your life, then we invite you to come for prayer. And God, we thank you right now for the opportunity to pray with those around us, the opportunity to be prayed for. And Holy Spirit, I pray that as we sing this last song, that you would draw every person today who needs prayer in Jesus' name.